Evolution in the workplace over the last two years has been immense. The trends that have emerged, the great resignation, the great renegotiation, quiet quitting, quiet firing, the great pushback and overemployment are issues we never considered before, or at least before the pandemic hit. Can you imagine telling your boss in 2019 that you wanted to work remotely and you didn't really care what the company policy was? I don't think that would have worked for most of us. Stick around until the end when we discuss the newest trend, which, to be honest, is facilitated by some of what's happened in the last two years. But I'm betting many of our viewers will never have heard of this trend, and with good reason. I'll explain, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Hey, guys, I'm Mary Schaefer, founder of AP Now, the place where we curate the latest business intelligence for those who work in, manage, and have responsibility for the accounts payable and payment function. So let's start off with trend number one. The Great Resignation. You've probably heard of this one and read a lot about it. This was employees voluntarily quitting their job at the beginning of the pandemic in 2021. Some blame the government subsidies and that reasoning lost steam when the subsidies ended and the employees didn't return en masse to their jobs. This phenomena was experienced in many countries. It's not just a U.S. issue. It's a worldwide issue. And in case you're wondering where the term came from, Anthony Klotz, a professor of management at the University College London School of Management, coined the phrase, which has also been referred to as the big quit or the great reshuffle. So I thought that was kind of cute. Okay, moving on to trend number two, which is kind of an offshoot of trend number one. And that is what was referred to as the great renegotiation. Many workers took advantage of this opportunity to trade their current jobs for ones with higher salary, more benefits, and better schedules. And of course, this is where we start to hear about remote work. There's also a greater discussion now of work-life balance. And for the first time, workers are actually demanding the right to be heard, arguing in greater numbers for the right to work remotely, at least part of the time. We'll have a little bit more discussion on that a little further on, but this has been a new phenomenon. Okay. Phenomena number three, quiet quitting. What an uproar this one caused. Those who describe it as employees doing the bare minimum from their job are not really being fair. Quiet quitting is about giving the job your very best from nine to five or whatever eight, and that's eight guys, hours you are assigned to work and that's it. It's not about being on call 24-7. It's not about answering emails late at night or on weekends, and most of all, it's not about being at the beck and call of managers whenever they have nothing better to do. Now, we've done several discussions on this issue, including one on whether this will ruin your career, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes so you can watch it after you finish this one. A few of the articles have mentioned quiet firing. I actually worked for a company where this was employed, and I worked there quite a few years ago, and this is how it worked. When the owner decided he no longer wanted a particular executive to work for him, he didn't fire them, he didn't lay them off, he did nothing. He simply stopped talking to them. And then from his lack of communication, the executive was supposed to get the hint that they should go out and find another job. It worked. It worked at the very executive level. I'm not so sure it would work down through the ranks. But anyway, in case you wanted to know, that's what quiet firing is about. Now, before we get to the great pushback, 
and overemployed, which is kind of an interesting phenomena. If you like this episode, please give us a thumbs up. And if you loved it, please give us a thumbs up and subscribe. We produce new content for this channel three times a week. Tuesdays and Thursdays are devoted to payment and accounts payable issues, and Saturdays are reserved for Wordle. And we really do appreciate your thumbs up. So thank you from me to you if you've given us one. Now, let's talk about the great pushback. Many, but certainly not all, employees have no desire to return to the office five days a week. Some don't want to go back at all, but most want to return to the office only one or two days a week, and they want to work from home or work remotely the rest of the time. That's nice, you say, but what does management want? Well, as it turns out, they don't seem to be on the same page, and it doesn't matter so much to them, and they've you know, issued calls to return to work. And some of their employees are resisting this return to the office, and they're resisting it in great numbers, by the way, hence the term, the great pushback. Sometimes this is a formalized outcry, and I'll give you several examples of that in a minute, but in other cases, it's being done quietly with employees just not coming in. I had one colleague tell me that he refused to deal with that crazy Friday traffic, and in fact, Usually by Wednesday, he'd had it with commuting and he worked from home on Thursday and Friday. Was this in line with the company policy? No. His company wanted everybody back in the office. Now, how this is being handled? Many HR departments, but again, not all, many HR departments are simply not tracking in-office attendance. So there's no formal numbers, but then with them not tracking whether you're at home or in the office, there's no documentation. And of course, the documentation of whether you're working is when you sign into the ERP system. Okay, so I said I'd tell you some people who issued callbacks. So General Motors backtrack quickly after there was a loud outcry from their employees in response to the return to office mandate. Amazon CEO says the company plans to proceed and adapt. Okay, they want to see how this is going to play out. And employees at AT&T started a petition demanding that the company make working from home a permanent option for workers. There are also undocumented reports of hundreds of workers at the New York Times and NBC News who are defying the organization's recent return to office initiatives. So you can see a lot going on here and certainly a lot of pushback from employees. Anyway, the ones who want to work from home. What is clear that the right to work from home is now another perk, and a no-cost one, I might add, that companies can offer to keep their employees happy. So if you're having trouble recruiting workers of the caliber that you want, and you're mandating working from office, you might take this into consideration. How many will take advantage of this remains to be seen. Do you know of colleagues, friends, or peers who have successfully pushed back let us know in the comments, even if it's just to say, I know someone who pushed back and was successful. All right, now I want to talk about the last trend, and this is not one that you're going to see written up about that much. And when I explain what it is, you'll understand why we don't have a lot of people going on the record about this one. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't see this coming. So the overemployed, we all know what underemployed means, people who are not using their skills. The overemployed refers to a group of workers who now hold two full-time jobs, usually within the same hours, so nine to five, 
you know, eight to four, whatever it is. And it's not talking about working a second job after hours. It's a growing phenomena and is not talked about that much, but it definitely has a growing number of adherents. How many is difficult to calculate because many don't reveal the second job to their employer, although some absolutely get permission before taking that second position. If it's not revealed, and most of the time we believe it's not being revealed, it can be tricky managing the two positions without getting found out. Now, I'm sure some are going to immediately jump to the conclusion that some of the people who are quiet quitting are also overemployed. I'm not sure there's a correlation there, but perhaps there is. What do you think? Perhaps you could let us know in the comments below. That would make an interesting discussion. Overemployment might not be the only thing your employees are doing that you don't know about. They might also be playing games with their expense reports. We did a broadcast on that issue recently showing some of the game playing that may be going on. Some of it will be things that you absolutely would never think about. And of course, we share ways that you can prevent it. You can watch this right now using the link that will appear momentarily on YouTube and is in the show notes below. As always, we appreciate your thumbs up, your subscribes, your shares, and your comments.